Card Games TV One Podcast, Episode Eighteen: uh, The State of the Dragon Ball Super Community. Just some thoughts that I had. Something I. It's, I the funny thing is, this is just the state of the internet. Like I say, in the state of just the internet, something I notice that happens a lot is that some people tend to act like they know everything, right? Um, because I know it's not many people watch uh, the entirety of a video, especially not my videos, and I'll literally have like really good information in there that if people watch the video to its entirety, they would get so much more information, they would get so much value out of it, they watch the whole video. Now, I have reduced my videos so I can try to, that's why I format them, to give you the list real quick, like here's the list, if that's all you want, then here you go, right off the bat, and then point out, and then after that, point out the key aspects of the deck, the concept of the deck, right? And then if I want to, if there's anything, you know, if I just want to talk about the deck afterwards, like just my thoughts on the deck, then I, I do that. I add that to the end. So that way it's three parts, right? The deck list, the concept and the purpose of the of the list, maybe even combos, like certain lines of play, and then my thoughts. So I, I format it like that now, so that way it can help me. That way, you know, it'd be helpful for those who want it. Because it's like, you know, it really is weird that like I have 30-minute videos and to see the, the analytics of my videos that people only watch close to two minutes of a 30 minute video. It's like, damn, either you're skipping through the video like crazy, right? <laughs> and um, only listen to certain key parts or you're not really watching the videos like that, which is unfortunate considering the fact that there's so much information that I try to fit into the video. That's why the videos are long because there's so much I'm saying. I can understand it, gets, it might be boring to hear me talk for a long period of times, but those who might not like hearing me talk, that's understandable, but you're missing out on information. And then another thing is, a lot of people like to assume that uh, if, 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 it's a, if they're watching a video, it's supposed to be entertaining, like it's supposed to be fun and exciting, like they're watching a movie or something, it's like, no, it's, it's not. Most of my deck profiles are essentially tutorials. They're like, here, there's a, a deck. This is what the deck does. And these are things you can do. Uh, I mentioned out certain experiences. Like, it's like, oh, while I was playing the deck, this happened and this happened. You know, that's, that's why certain cards are in the deck because it's just one of those types of situations. So, like, I try to teach. And the thing is, is some, like I said, so many people. Especially when it, when it comes to the internet, or so used to the idea of being entertained, that they go to the internet to be entertained, not educated, you know, right? Which is weird. That, you know, as soon as they realize uh, what they're watching is more educational than it is entertaining, then they then they want to leave, you know, right? Their attention span is not as, as, as high as it should be. They're quick to leave. Um, I know some people even try to find, like, oh, you don't get a lot of views to stand through your, your content. You know, your videos must be, must be trash or whatnot. It's like, no, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. The problem is, is that people want to be entertained more than they want to be educated. See, I used to get thousands and thousands of video views on my videos when people, because people used to actually want to go learn something. When they, when they saw 
the thumbnail and, 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 the, and the title of the video, they're like, oh, this looks interesting. Let me check it out. And they actually will watch it to its entirety. Even if they don't watch the full video, let's say they only watch half. Well, that's still a lot, right? Half of 30 minutes to 15 minutes, that's still a lot of information. But the fact that most people won't, won't go past, you know, 30 seconds to a, to a minute or a minute and a half, it's like, damn, the most I can get is, is 90 seconds out of, out of your time. You're not going to get a lot of information from that. Another thing I, I hate that I noticed is that, is that I'll get, like, comments literally asking me questions about the deck, even though all the answers to those questions are literally in the video. Which is weird. It's like, why didn't you just watch the video? The video answers everything. And so because of that, I was like, okay, let me format the video shorter, try to get certain key points out real quick, and, you know, just just try to condense as much information as possible into the video without saying too much. So that way, I don't spend too much time making the video just for what to, to be ignored. That's the other thing is like, you know, I have a long video, but then it gets ignored as if it's it gets, like if there's no value in there. It's like there's tons of values. In there. That's why it's 30 minutes long, because there's a lot of value in there. But people want to not enjoy the value. It's like, okay, well, y'all the ones missing out on stuff because I already know what's in the video. Like, I already know the information, the knowledge that I put into the videos, right? I already know what I know, right? It's a lot like how I used to be in school where, uh, you know, there'd be kids acting up in the class, you know, misbehaving, not listening to the teacher, not paying attention to the class, you know, to, 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 the, to the information the teacher trying to share. I remember uh, you know, a couple of teachers saying this thing. It's like, you know, I already know all this stuff. I'm not saying this for my for, for, for my health. I'm not, I'm not sharing this information for fun. This is for y'all. I already know all this stuff. Y'all the ones who don't know, which is why y'all should be paying attention. And that's a true statement. It's like, it's true. It's like, yeah, they don't know. And I've seen those same people who, Played around in class, or didn't pay attention. I see them struggling in life, and it's usually it has to do with money, right? It usually has to do with with uh, better money management, right? Using money right. It's like well, if they pay attention to math class, they'll be better with with managing money. They'll be better at at life, but they chose to be ignorant, and that's what happens. You will be ignorant. That's why it's funny that we have. A device called a smartphone, but no one uses it to get smart. There was a time, though. That's the thing that gets to me that I keep seeing. It's like there was a time when people used to care. You know, people were interested, right? It's just that over time, the the newer player base versus the old player base, big difference. Older players, they valued, and they knew they didn't know everything. So when they saw a video that had to do with something. You know, that profile, they, they watched the whole video because they wanted to know what they didn't know because they knew they didn't. But you got players now, they think they know everything. That's why you got more net deckers now than you did in the past. In the past, net decking was rare. Only a few people did it. 
But then now it's like everybody acts like that's what you're supposed to. That's how you play the games. You're supposed to that deck. It's like no, you're not supposed to that deck. You're supposed to actually learn the game and learn how to be good at it. Not supposed to net deck. Net decking is no different from being in a you know being in a class, right? And then when there's a test, you always cheat. You always look over and copy the answers to somebody else's uh, you know test. You don't learn from that. You're in the classroom for a reason. You're in the classroom to learn the subject. That way, you don't have to cheat. Or net deck, right? So if you learn how to play the game, you never have to net net deck because you already know how to play the game. So then you'll play the game the way you know how to play it. That's one of the things I tend to focus on is they always try to find ways to you know to win the game faster, you know, to just win the game in general, and just the concept of winning, right? Just the idea of like, okay, what do I need in order to win? I need to do this turn one, turn two, I need to do this, turn three, I need to do this, turn four, I need to do this, right? And the goal is to deal eight damage. It's not that hard in this game. Right? The first first four damage is the easiest, the next two requires a little effort, and the last two is the hardest. That's it. A simple concept. It's been true since 2019. It's been true that the game is that easy. Right? So since it's that easy. Everything you do should be focused on that element. When I play, my main focus is not to deal 8 damage. The focus is actually to deal the last 2 damage. Technically, to just do 4. Because the first 4 is the easiest. So you don't even have to be that good at the game to deal 4 damage. You know what I mean? My grandma could do 4 damage easily. That's how easy it is to do 4 damage in this game. That... So then the last four is all you really have to worry about. So then you have to focus on building a strategy and playing in a way that you can deal the last four. That's why you got to focus on dealing the last four. Focus on bypassing blockers, negates, and your opponent's ability to outcombo your attack. Ultimately, that's the main one you got to focus on the most. Your opponent's ability to outcombo your attack. So your opponent's hand, uh, hand size is important. It's something you need to take into account. Because it's not too difficult to avoid blockers, because blockers are typically um, battle cards. Unless it's a unit in this, a little bit harder. A little bit harder, right? Um, that's why I like blocker units. <laughs> a little bit harder. Um, but uh, if it's a battle card, it's a blocker, not that big of a deal. Because um, you just play battle cards that KO battle cards, right? Simple as that. But then, but, uh, but uh, negates, unless you have a like, counter counter, right? Um, or you wait until they're tapped out, so there's a higher chance they can't play a negate, you know. So that's like the strategy for that. But there are some free negates, like you know, cards they could play even when they're tapped out, like Baby Hatch, yeah, the, the, the blocker negates and the sparking negates. Since those exist, it makes it a little bit harder to rely rely on your opponent tapped out because there's you know your opponent still has some options. But the thing they always can do is try to outcomper your attacks, which is what you need to focus on the most, is focus on figuring out how to prevent them. Right? How to prevent them from um, outcomboing. One way is for you to have more combo power, though, right? It's one way. But is that always guaranteed? Is that, always, you know, <laughs> is that always going to be the case? 
You can always guarantee that your opponent can't help combo your attack because you can combo more than them, right? So since that's not always the case, you might be in a scenario where your opponent has like six or more cards in their hands and you only have like three or four cards in your hand. That's not going to be it. That's not going to be enough for you to go for game. Even though you're in a winning position, you have seven life, your opponent has two life, and you're just trying to go for game, trying to deal some double strike damage for game, right? But you only got four or five cards, and your opponent got like seven or eight cards in their hands. It's going to be very difficult in that, in that situation. Because all, all it would take is for them to use, you know, half their hand or more just to stop you from winning. Just to stop you. So they're giving up an advantage just so they don't lose. So you got to figure out how to make that part easy, that part of the game easy. Everything else is relatively easy. Everything else is pretty straightforward. Most people who have been playing long enough, you know, can do all the other stuff, right? They know about the tack orders. They know about how to combo, right, defensively or offensively. You know, they know how to how to do chains, how to summon things for, for less, how to rival. They know how to do some battle tracks, right? Uh, they know the first four damage is the easiest, all that stuff. They know the concept of awakening, you know, saving their awakening for the right moment in time. So there's, there's a lot that happens in the game that a lot of people know, and I expect them to know that, right? Which is good. If you know it, great. You're supposed to know that. That stuff, you know, counter windows like counter attack for counter plays, uh, for counter attack stuff like that. Very important to have that knowledge, right? But the thing is, is you got to focus on the last two. Typically, it's the last two life. You got to focus on whatever, whenever you build a deck, and then the preventing your opponent from. Out combo your attack. The second thing would be, you know, obviously a negate, like a free negate. You gotta try to avoid free negates and make sure your opponent can't out combo your attacks. And it's, like I said, it's not that much. You know, once you get to, to that point, that's the point I'm at, where it's like, I don't, I don't need much to to do a lot of damage. I don't need much to win. You know, so the game is very, very easy for me now at the level that I'm at. All I have to focus on is dealing the last two damage and avoiding one's ability to outcome. You know, and so there's a couple of strategies, a couple of different ideas that I'm playing around with trying to solve those two issues, right? Burn is one of those, right? I've been doing that for a long time. Burn is a, a way of doing it. But I, I want to make sure that I have more than just burn. I don't want to rely on burn being the way that I deal the last two damage. You know, I want to also be able to do attacks for the last two damage. So the newest thing that I'm doing is playing with the idea of just um, swinging with leader and unison. Preferably a leader and a unison that has double strike, dual attack, you know, that kind of stuff. So that way I can get a lot of attacks in per turn, especially late game, um, but don't have to uh, commit to setting up play. I don't have to worry about playing stuff. I'm also trying to bring back some overwhelming, right? Trying to bring back some overwhelming. Trying to focus on um, having more 30Ks. That was a thing for a while. Promoting the idea of using 30K attackers um, and dual attackers. 
and try to get as many things that have double strike uh, because you know it is to try to deal the last two damage, right? Try to deal the last two damage. You want 30k base because if you do combo, um, you want to start off with a 30k attacker when you combo off from right uh, against your opponent's a 15k leader. You don't want to have a 15k battle card, right? Or leader or unison or whatever. <clears throat> Attacking points leader and then combo from that, right? You don't you, you rather your base be 30k, not 15k. So that's why I've been focusing on the idea of trying to um, implement um, and incorporate more 30k cards into that. Try to make sure there's a good amount of that. Also, a new thing I want to incorporate more into my decks are um, hand control. Try to incorporate a little more hand control. Because most decks already are good at drawing cards, so it won't be that hard for me to get a decent hand size. But since it's easy for me to draw cards with decks, that also means my, it's easy for my opponents to draw cards with their decks, right? So I want to—I prefer to mitigate their hands instead of adding more draw power into my decks. I rather add uh, hand uh, destruction cards into my decks, so that way I reduce my opponent's hand size. My hand size is already going to be increased just by me playing the deck. My deck is already going to incorporate the ability for me to draw to leader, unison, you know, whatever, right? But I definitely want to make sure that my opponent's hand's not getting bigger. So playing stuff that's crit and and doing some hand destruction be a ways that help you, you know, mitigate your opponent's uh, hand size. So you want to try and those types of balance. So 30Ks, dual attack, critical, hand destruction, um, and, you know, and that's pretty much it that you'll need to try to incorporate into your decks. And that's why I'm incorporating into my decks in order to get that outcome more often. You get the ability to attack with something really strong right off the bat. Because remember, a 30k attacker without common against your opponent's leader while it's awakened will require your opponent to use 20k combo power just to outcombo. 20k. So that's either two super combos, right? Or four or five k's. So that's either two cards or four cards out their hands. To try to stop your, uh, your 30k attack. So that's why if you combo like let's say you use a super count, so now you get to 40k, then they're going to need uh, so get 40k, so then they'll need 30k combo power just so they can be 45. So they'll need so they'll always they'll always yeah so they'll always need so they'll need an extra 10k. So they'll need 30k to out combo your attack. So again, that's either six cards out their hands, six battle cards that are five k's, or three super combos. And if you can go higher than that, obviously you always want to go higher numbers. I'm just saying as as a base number, as a as a number you can could try relying on is 30k's, 40k's. So I've been looking at some battle cards that have 30k attack, 35k attack. 40k's, even some 25k's just in case, especially if I could play them for free, 
for very, very cheap. Looking at that, you know, cost. Because you want to be able to play something strong, swing really hard, but not use up any any more resources than you have to, and then keep your defense up. So you can hit, hit and defend, hit and defend. So you, you want to get to a point where you're not really t you're not tapping out to make to make too many um, too many moves. If anything, you shouldn't be um, um, uh, using any energy or at least tapping out um, after turn two. So turn one, you could tap out. Turn two, you could tap out. But three and above, you you don't want to tap out or tap tap energy at all. You want to get to that point where you're not tapping energy. So that's what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to the whole. Once I get a two drop or even a three drop unison, I'm good to go for the rest of the game. Um, shouldn't still have. I shouldn't still be playing cards. You know, paying to play cards after it should. Be, I should be playing stuff for free or not playing anything at all because my leader and my unison should be more than. Oh, that reminds me. This is new thing come that's going to come out is that gives you the ability to evolve your evolve on top of your leader. So you'll be able to play something on top of your leader or something. I don't, I don't know how that's gonna, how that mechanic is gonna work. I just like the idea that you, could, you know, you could do something. So we'll see. We'll see how it works. It's more likely gonna cost energy, so it's not gonna be that great. I mean, because because if you can evolve for free, then yes, it's great. Because like I said, it's you're trying not to use up your, your energy because you rather save it for like your negates and stuff. Um, even for your 10k combo, like some battle cards have 10k combo power, but it costs one energy, so you want to keep as much of your energy up as possible for that, in case you got to use them like super combos, right? So, that's, that's the that's the way, well, that's the strategy routes I'm trying to go to, trying to get to that level. I already mastered many, many other stuff, I'm trying to get to that point, where I'm just focusing on leader and unisons. And just go and just go that route. Um, same thing as um, trying to use leader and unisons more, more, more of a win con, which is what I'm trying to say. Use leader and unisons more of a win con than to actually have a battle card in the deck that's a win con. Because usually you, you gotta have stuff to to accompany. Like for example, you need the card to have barrier. You need the card to have uh, deflect. And, that you need the card to be cheap, and but you also need it to be powerful enough to win you the game. You know, all, there's so many factors that you have to take into when it comes to using a, a battle card as a finisher. So what I'm trying to say is, I'm trying not to use battle cards as finishers. So I'm trying to lean away from that. I want to use battle cards more for early game. You know, pressure, swing, swing, swing. You know, some some big 30ks at my opponent, just to greatly increase the chances of me dealing the damage. Early game and then late game, you know, just focus on leader and unison swings and keep my defenses up, and then, um, and then just just win the game that way. Right? Just keep that up. So that's why playing more battle cards, like have like pretty much if all you, oh, that's another if like all your battle cards not only being you know relatively strong but also have the defense. But if your battle cards are weak, at least they be negates, the right? So. Trying to bring back the one energy negate battle cards. Some other battle cards that can negate attacks, but allows me to put something strong on board. You know, stuff like Topol, stuff like that. Those types of cards always been good because, like, it helps you negate attack 
more attacks, but it puts a body on relatively strong bone. So focusing on those types of uh, battle cards that can be used as a defense but also offense is something I want to lean towards. I've always liked that idea. I always wanted to make sure that my battle cards can defend me but also allow me to, to, to clap back, right? To hit my opponent back. So there's a lot of newer cards that are pretty cool. A lot more cards have, a lot more battle cards have the, you know, negating attack and then they're relatively strong. Um, so I noticed that that's a pattern that Bandai's been putting out there. Battle cards that are strong uh, that negate attacks. It's like, yes. So I like to see, just like, uh, battle cards that can negate attack, but also are blockers, so you can block two attacks. That's always nice, right? So that's a pattern I've been seeing. So of course I'm focused on the idea of trying to incorporate that into effects. Um, like for example, you don't want your negates to only stop one attack. You want them to at least at least be able to stop two attacks. Um, so that's what I'm focused on. Is uh, battle cards that can negate one or more attacks, um, preferably. Uh, hopefully they have 15k and above attack power. You know, can't expect them to be 30k and st and, and, and stop attacks, right? That'd be be excellent for too much. Uh, but if it happens, it happens. Hey, I'll take it. Uh, but like when it comes to like 30k attackers, though, I'll I need them to be overrealm battle cards since I pretty much only need to turn any overrealm. Some type of 30k I can cheaply bring out, but like. Two up to three at most uh, costs. Um, if I can bring them off for one cost, I'd be nice. That kind of stuff. Um, what else? Obviously, I've been incorporating ultimates, usually because they're 40k's, can't bring that attack power on them. And they usually make, they're usually really good finishers, but they have a really cool ability that can definitely help you out. Like Baby Hatchet, for example, up hand. Time Patrol Maiden, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Supreme Kai, Time Brainwash. You know, those types of ultimates. They are really useful, obviously. Even the other Supreme Kai of Time, the original. These are good cards so, to use and have. Because they're strong and they have really good effects. But there are some other cards that are lower cost that you can use to help you out in matches. Can't remember their names right now. There's one in particular that I just bought. It's a Goku. It's a six drop. You could use it to negate an attack. Comes in to play rest mode. While it's in rest mode, basically becomes a deadly defender, which I love that. So it's like, oh, so it's kind of like a baby hatch yak. But I can have four of them in my deck. They're cheap. They cost me less than a dollar fifty each, each copy. So, yeah, playset. Well, actually, I ended up accidentally buying two playsets, but that's for a different conversation. <laughs> ended up buying two playsets. That's cool. That just means I could put one playset on one on deck and another one for for deck building. So it's not. Uh, I do have two blue decks. Um, I'm gonna put in this monster deck, uh, but I do have another blue deck, so I could put it in there. So it wasn't a problem that I accidentally two playsets. I actually have two decks I could put them in because it's a good card and it works like Baby Hatchack. It has triple strike, but I think it's a 20k. That's the only thing. Man, if it was a 30k, it'd be beautiful. Um, pretty much perfect, right? 
but it has deflect barrier, 20k, triple strike, deadly defender effect, ability to negate attack, and it could be it could be as cheap as three blue to play based off of how many energy your opponent has or some shit like that. So the more, sorry, so yeah, the more energy your opponent has, the cheaper it gets. So that is pretty awesome. But the cheapest you can get it to is is three three energy if I'm right. And that's the idea. It's like, ooh, pay three, drop it, boom, pay, basically baby hatcher. So could potentially get me a couple more turns. I mean, get me another turn, and you know that's a big deal, especially when you have twenty k triple strike body. You can swing with it, dump your hand into it, and go for game, right? So that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking on, focusing on. Trying to try to get into the habit. Definitely gotta do some more play testing soon. To try out some of these you know, new tactics. We're trying to make sure that the way I play is unpredictable. Cause that's another thing I noticed is that some 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 people watch my videos and not understand how the deck is played, even though I explain how you know how the deck works and stuff. But to a certain degree I understand that it's like yeah, my playstyle is different than most people. Playstyle, like the way I play, is not the same way a lot of other people play. You know, I'll, you know, I'll try to do four to six damage before turn three. Uh, most people don't do that. Most people will try to do one damage turn one, maybe one more damage turn two, try to do two damage turn three. Like they'll try uh, to do those things, but they tend to they just play differently than I do. So. It always seems a little weird that it's like, damn, it's turn four and you only dealt your point four damage. Shit, I would, I would have them down to two or one life by turn four. <clears throat> and I still have like, what, six, six life at the time. So like, I'll, you know, I'll be in the winning position. All I have to do is just, you know, clutch out the win, right? Just make sure I finish my point off. So it'd just be weird to see people, you know, not do a lot of damage. In the first couple of turns, but hey, anyway, you know, play how, play whatever works for you. I just prefer to deal a lot of damage uh, early game because it's better that way for a couple of reasons. One, it's easier to do a lot of damage early game because it's, it's hard for your opponent to defend early game. It's easier to defend late game, but it's harder to defend early. Game. So that's one thing. The other thing is is that you know. You're dealing upon a lot of damage, and they and they gaining all this card advantage means nothing because they they don't have enough energy yet to even use those cards. So them having a big hand size early game don't mean nothing. Late game that's when it's a problem, but early game doesn't mean nothing. So that's something I've been realized a long time when I first started playing the game. I think I, you know I came up to that conclusion, and like when I said two drop, the idea that's like yeah, I need to play faster deal damage sooner than later. Instead of waiting to like turn four, turn five, turn six to, to start trying to do damage and stuff like that. Or to try to do more damage. You know, it's better to do it sooner than later because by the time it gets to those turns, turn three, turn four, turn five, right? It's gonna be harder to do damage. So I should do the bulk of the damage that I need to do, you know, to try to go you know to to, to win. Should be early game and then late game just try to finish off the game 
because I know I'm going to deal with a lot of my gates, blockers, when it's hand size, right? They're going to out-combo stuff. So it's just like, that's that's what I have to deal with late game. I'd rather my opponent be at two or one life late game, you know, dealing with their negates, blockers, hand size, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, leader effects, all that stuff. If they play unisons, you know what I mean? I'd rather deal with that stuff when they have low life than to deal with that stuff when they have high life. So that's why I want to do as much damage early game, so that way late game, I can just focus on trying to get as many attacks to go through. <clears throat> so, what else? Not much, you know, just trying to point out some stuff I was thinking about. The idea that's like, it is weird that not many people give my videos the attention it deserves. I don't get a lot, as many views as I should, considering the fact that I'm providing lot of useful information that definitely can make a lot of players better because I see it in the comment section and I use of other people's videos I see it in groups you know people wanting to to be better at the game or I just see that they're you know they're having issues in the game like oh it's hard for, for me to beat this deck or that deck or this that third and it's like damn we're still struggling to be good at the game right struggling to to be at a position where they're not complaining about not being able to beat a deck and stuff like that. Right there, I'm still seeing people complaining about certain decks and it's like, oh, I need this card for that, or, you know, these cards should be banned. It's like, if anybody been properly watching my videos, y'all know I don't complain about cards that much. Like, I don't complain that cards uh, should be banned, you know, should have never been created or something shit like that. This card needs an errata, this and that, third. I do have some ideas of some cards that should get any red and stuff like that, just because they're, it, it, it will make sense to a certain degree that they have these uh, erratas. But I'm not, but I'm, I'm not like putting out that like, oh, I need this to be red. I need that to be red. I need this to be banned because I don't have problems with these cards like that. One, I use most of these cards myself anyway. Like I use Baby Hatchet for example, like. I have, I have an idea of what they can do to errata it, right, to make it more fair, right, more balanced, but then it defeats the purpose of why it's an ultimate. And then I'm a fan of what it is the way it is. Because when I first saw it, it first revealed, I already saw the power and the potential. I already saw how awesome and broken it card was. While everybody else saw it as trash, they were comparing it to Cell Zeno and be like, this is not better. This is worse than cells that don't blah blah this is trash and then not too long after that when people started getting the cards started playing the card then it's like oh my god this card's amazing this card's broken busted to the point that now people want it to get either errated or banned it's like okay it's funny <laughs> I remember when there's a time where people talk trash about the card And then suddenly they love the card, and now they're like, oh, it's too good. Gotta get rid of it. It's like, damn, too good now? <laughs> okay. So that's something that, I, you know, observations, things that I, I noticed that do annoy me to see that people are complaining about stuff that don't make sense to complain about. It's like, it's part of the game. I mean, like, Hatchiak is strong, but it's one copy. It's one card, one copy, you know. Doesn't it doesn't destroy your board, right? Like most other cards can do. It doesn't 
doesn't win, uh, doesn't cause you to lose, right? It, it does prevent you from being able to try to win that turn, but it doesn't, you know, doesn't make it where you automatically lose. You still have a fighting chance because to me, it's not that different from your opponent playing a total, right? It's not that different from playing a total. Granted, yes, they could play essentially free, right? But it's not too different from somebody playing a topo. The results will be the same. You're like, okay, I just had my turn. I just got to survive the next turn and then try to win the, the, um, the turn after that. That's it. That's all it does. So it's not that big of a deal. But something like Gossip and Trump, that's a big deal. That's something that makes sense for people to complain about. You know, try to make a play and your opponent can stop you. Now, granted, we have stuff that's deflect, but that's more reasons why I'm not trying to get away from playing battle cards as my win con, because my opponent has, especially if they don't have deflect. So if they have deflect, then it's like, yeah, deflect win con, awesome. But they don't have deflect, that becomes an issue, because then God ceiling trucks can be a problem. Granted, you have to play a blue unison, but it's the fact that if you are playing blue unison, then you have this free counter. You have this free card that says no, which is more devastating than, you know, a card that's like, hey, stop. A no is worse than a stop. Actually, actually, a stop. Gasoline Trunks is a no. See the difference? There's far worse. But I'm, I'm used to um, Gasoline, and it's like, eh, all I have to do is just circumvent it and improve myself as a player so that way it's not a problem, even though it's clearly a problem uh, for most people. But it's part of the game, right? You always need to focus on improving yourself instead of trying to change the game to, you know, meet your standards, right? It's like, that's another thing that annoys me is people are trying to make things their way. That's why you'll literally have somebody who does take the time to look at my deck, deck list, right? And then try to tell, and then when they notice there's no super combo, for example, then they want to tell me that I should have super combo. It's like, stop trying to tell people to do things the way you do things, right? See, I share the way I do things. Whether you use it or not, that's up to you. But it's always weird the idea that people feel like because they do things a certain way that they need to make everybody else do it the same. It's like, no, you got to do what we're doing. Everybody's playing super combos. You got to play super combos. Like, nope, I don't have to. I can choose to. I do from time to time, but I don't have to. It's not part of the game where you have to have four super counts per each deck. It's up to four, which means I don't have to play them. It's optional, not mandatory. If it's mandatory, then yeah, I will have to play them. But it's not mandatory, it's optional. So I can do what I want. And I like to do what works and wins for me. So that's why I focus on what works. But that's the thing I see, man. A lot that happens. People try to tell other people, like, you need to do this. You need to do that. Change their decks, their profiles to be like this. Why? So that way I can enjoy them. So, well, that's, that's a you problem. I'm going to change my list. Because unlike Bandai, I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> Yeah, ironically, Banner doesn't have to listen to the player base um, either, but 
they want to cater to the to the player base, then that's that's on them. They, you know, many card game companies out there already experience how it is when you cater to the player base, and it usually never never pans out too well. It's always, when you cater to the player base, it's always worse than when you don't. That's what I'm trying to say. Not that, you know, things couldn't go wrong. I'm just saying that when you cater to the player base, it tends to go wrong more. Because it's the whole selfish aspect. The thing is, as long as the company's not selfish, and the player base is not selfish, then, you know, things can be balanced out. The problem is, is when, when either one is at the extreme. If you cater to the player base, they're going to go to the extreme, and they're going to demand so much <clears throat> that it's going to ruin, you know, the game in general, right? Because they'll be selfish. They'll be like, well, this needs to be banned because I can't win the game as often because people are using this card. So ban it so that way I can win win more. But that doesn't help out the, the game, right? It definitely doesn't help out every player. It only helps out those few players that wanted it banned. So then you're going to inadvertently hurt other players, you know, by doing that. By catering to some players, you're going to hurt many others. So that's why it's not good to cater. That's why it's better off to have a, a stance of like, hey, this is the, the way the game is. This is, uh, you either play it or not. The choices, that, that is up to you. What we're not going to do is change the game to cater to you to make it easy for you but invertly makes it hard for everybody else, or less fun for everybody else, and then it just ruins the game in general. You know what I mean? Because I I grew up with the idea of always playing um, video games on hard mode. I always like playing games. It's just what I do. I've noticed some people that will, will put um, video the same. They'll play the same game I play, play it on easy mode, and then try to brag about them doing really good at the game, it's like, and then when I find out, like, wait, you were not even playing on normal mode, you were playing on easy mode. I brag about that, you were playing on easy mode, that's nothing. It's easy, it's called easy mode for a reason. We put, we, we set video games to easy mode for, for our, for our grandmothers, and for, and for our younger brothers and sisters, you know, for them to have fun. We never put it on easy mode for actual gamers, for the for the grown folks, right? The grown players, like I always play games on hard mode. So it's always weird to see people try to brag about doing something on easy mode, and then the fact that you see people nowadays just expect everything to be easy. Everything has to be easy. No way can it be difficult. It's like I need it to be easy. I need the game to be easier. I need the the game to to do what I want. It's like, I understand you want to play the game. I want people to play the game. But not at the expense of the game. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with making the game so easy just so you can have some people be happy that, oh yeah, this game is easy, I can play it. Uh, it's like, if you want an easy game, go, go play, go play, you know, Solitaire or something, right? Or go play, uh, uh, blackjack or something like tic-tac-toes, rock, paper, scissors, like play something else, right? Go play something that it's already inherently easy. Just enjoy it, right? 
Flip a coin, that's easy, right? Just flip it. Heads or tails. Heads or tails, right? 50-50 chance. Go ahead. Just go do that. Instead of trying to come into a game that's supposed to be com complex, supposed to be hard, supposed to be a challenge, that's what makes it a game. That's what makes it worth you spending time on and money is because it is difficult. The easier a game is, the less valuable it is. The more pointless it is. The more like, okay, now you're just wasting time and money on something that's easy, that's, that's not even worth it. That's why you have people who cheat. And it's like, that's sad they had to cheat at something because it's like, then it defeats the purpose of the, of the game. It's supposed to be challenged. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to you know, be guaranteed anything. It's a game. You're not guaranteed victory. You're supposed to earn it. That's the point. You're supposed to earn it. And if you're not interested in earning it or willing to earn it, then you don't deserve it. So therefore, you shouldn't be playing. You know, I see a lot of people complaining about, like, you know, card games or anything. And I tell them, like, you don't have to be involved. You can not play the game. You can go do something else. What shouldn't happen is that people cater to that. People think, you know, act like you're right that things should be easy for you and make it easy for you. No, let's not cater to people. Very see how the how society is falling because of catering. There was a standard. There was a standard for a reason. It's like you had to be a certain way to get the most out of life. Instead, we're catering to everybody, trying to make everybody happy, which causes the opposite to, to actually happen. Well, well, uh, I talked long enough. That's the end of the podcast.